0: Again, and today we're kicking off a new series called Divine Direction. Come on, how many of you at one point in your life have uh, you just been praying for some direction, trying to figure out where to go? Maybe you're there right now and I really believe this series is going to help you and one of the most common questions that I am asked is how do I know what God's will is for my life and, and it's almost like it's a mystery. It's a puzzle that many people are trying to, uh, to solve and um, just trying to figure out what does God want me to do with my life? Where are we headed with this thing? And um, it's a struggle that I think begins as early as our teenage years. Uh, because they, they, they begin to ask you, like when you're in middle school, like where you want to go with your future. Like what kind of career you want to have. Can you imagine being a 7th grader where you're, you're not worried about any of that. And they say, hey, what do you want to do for a living someday? And you're like, I don't know. I just want to eat pizza and go to the ball game. You know, play Fortnite or something. And so uh, it, it, it begins early in the teenage years. And it can continue on for years and years. In fact, I've known people who, who, who have aged and even had reached a point in their life where they were still trying to figure out where is this thing um, going. But I believe ultimately it comes down to making decisions, making some good decisions. And, and if you're taking notes today, there's a few things I would recommend you write down. Here's one of them. The decisions that we make today are going to determine our tomorrow. The decisions that you're making right now is going to have an effect on your life in the days to come in fact I believe you made a good decision when you decided to come to church today amen look at your neighbor and say I'm glad you're here look at your other neighbor and say you need to come back next week (laughs) making decisions you know this stuff can be quite stressful am I right I mean, just really, really, I mean, it, it, it's like trying to find a, a, new, a, a new opportunity, a new job or something. And, 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 and you're in a pretty good one, but you're trying to take that step forward. And, and, and it, it's a little bit of risk involved. And so it's, it's the stress of it's just the right thing to do. And we got the fear of, of doing the wrong thing. We got the fear, or fear of failure if we step out and really go for it. We got the fear, or the fear of am I going to have enough money to live? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Are we going to make it if we, make, if, we, if we jump, if we take this step? But we also have this fear of what people are going to think. Worried about what others are going to say. And those others may not necessarily be our peers, but it could be people in our family. I remember when I decided that I was going to go into the ministry, there were some people in my family that were just raising their eyebrows, you know, looking at me like, you sure you want to do that? Like, you, you, I mean, you're signing up for like a life of like service. Like, do you want to do that? And so there's this fear of what people think. And there's a number of factors that influence how and what we decide. There are people, there are different things. And I think what happens is this. We try so very hard to make the perfect decision. Like we're trying so hard to check everything off of our list so that we make the the perfect decision. But because it's not perfect, we make no decision. Because we're waiting for everything perfect to line up. And there's a verse in the book of Ecclesiastes that says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. That's a good verse. But we're waiting for everything just to be perfect. For that guy to be the perfect guy. There is no perfect guys. For that lady to be the perfect woman. There is no perfect woman. Don't say amen, guys. Do not say amen. (laughs) We're waiting for the perfect job. There is no perfect job because there are imperfect people that work there. But we're waiting for this perfection moment to tell us, go for it, and it never comes. And oftentimes, it leaves us paralyzed and stuck, and we make no decision, and that is a bad decision. No decision is a bad decision. So what we're going to do in this series, we're going to talk about discovering God's divine direction for our lives. And I want you to know that your story is still being written. That, 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 that there, there's still a lot of blank pages left to your life. And the story still has to be written. And so maybe you don't like the first few chapters, but it's not over yet. Amen. We believe the best is yet to come. But the choices that you're going to make today, listen to this. They're going to lead you one way or another. But when you know who to trust, I believe you will get to live God's divine plans for your life. Amen. Let's jump into some scripture today. Matthew chapter 6 Verse 30 through 34. I think this is one of the most iconic chapters in the Bible. Matthew chapter 6. If you're dealing with fear in your life, you should go to Matthew chapter 6. If you're worried about everything, Matthew chapter 6 is a a really, really good prescription for you. I think it's going to help. And I'm going to read verse 30 through 34 this morning. And I decided to read it out of the Message Bible. If you're one of them old school people that think that it's not legit unless we read the Old King James I'm sorry, I don't know, check your Facebook for the next few seconds while we read this verse. But I really believe that it puts it in a way that is so relevant to all of us, okay? So Matthew chapter 6, verse 30 through 34, it says, If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you and take pride in you and do his best for you? That's for the person who thought God forgot about him. Verse 31, what I'm trying to do here, I love this. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Take a deep breath real quick. Just exhale and relax. He says, what I'm trying to do is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Get so caught up in trying to get all this stuff that you miss what God is actually providing for you. People who don't know God, and the way he works, fuss over these things, but you, you know both God and how he works. So steep your life in God reality, in God initiative, in God provisions. And don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your, your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Say now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I love that. When the time comes. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this awesome opportunity we have to gather together today to worship you and to hear your word. And I just pray right now that our hearts will be in tune with you, that our minds and our ears will be open to hear what you want to say to us today. And Lord, I just pray for your help in communicating this message. Lord, I, I, I want to communicate it in the right way, with the right tone, the right heart. And I want to say it the way you would say it. So, Lord, I pray that you will use me today just to be a voice. To be a voice that brings hope, that brings faith, that brings change to every person here today. And, Lord, I pray that when we walk away from here, we're closer to you than when we came. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, we have this obsession with our future. trying to figure out what's it going to look like and uh, we're asking a lot of people and maybe you're at the point now to where you have kids and so now it doubles because now you're looking at your future but you also start looking at your kids future as well and so it kind of multiplies on you and what I have found for myself personally is uh, I, I just need to know am I right I just need to know, like, what's coming? Tell me the good, the bad, because I'm, I'm smart enough. I've lived long enough to know that there are some challenges that are coming. Any mature people in here know what I'm talking about. But if I know about it, it's not as scary, so I can prepare and all those things. But, but what are the things that I don't know? That's the stuff that messes with me, and I think that's the stuff that messes with most people. And I think in the middle of worrying about all of our futures, I think a better thing to consider is what about today? Because in reality, we do not have a lot of control over our future. But we have a lot to say about today because we have the power to make decisions. Did you know that God loves you so much that he gave you the free will to make a decision? In other words, God did not just come and create man and program him so that he had to worship God. But God put him in a place to where he gets to choose to worship God or not now there are blessings for choosing god and then there's trouble if you don't choose god i mean it's kind of obvious but the good part is god gives you the choice that's pretty incredible god didn't program you to automatically love him but he gives you the choice that's what real love is where you choose to do it the amazing thing about you and your spouse is this is that you didn't have to love her you didn't have to love him you chose to amen I thought I thought y'all were going to go crazy when I said that. I don't know. Maybe we need a marriage counselor. I mean, <laughs> we choose to. We get the choice to, and that's what makes it so awesome. And so here's the thing. God really doesn't say a whole lot about the future in the Bible. You say, well, what about the book of Revelations? Well, there's some stuff there. But, I mean, he's not sitting there breaking it down, telling you, should I go buy this vehicle or not? It's not in the Bible. It didn't say, thus saith the Lord, by the Prius. Not that I think that verse would be in there. I mean, I don't know. Some people might not like that, but okay. But he says a lot about today. He doesn't say a lot about the future, but he says a lot about your today. And again, if we can get today right, tomorrow is going to be pretty good. So I want to break this down and talk to you about some things that God cares about. Okay? And and, and I really want to get... to 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 the nitty-gritty today if you will you know what I'm saying because sometimes we get a little bit um mystical whenever we begin to talk about the future and, and everybody likes to get really really inspired and what's crazy is we get so inspired about it but we never get there because some of our practical disciplines just are terrible yeah. look at your neighbor and say what you've been doing yeah. what you've been doing <laughs> see we, we we love the glory but we don't like the grind the day-to-day, I mean, dream big, dream big. I mean, I want to dream for the stars, but listen, I'm at the point in my life now to where I realize if I dream that big, I'm gonna have to work that hard. Seriously. I mean, it is hard work, y'all, to accomplish big dreams because no one's just rolling out red carpet, giving it to you. And so this this is this is where I believe we've come into conflict because we got a generation that's coming up that was told dream, 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 dream. But I think we need to couple it together with work, 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 too. Yes. And, and somebody's got to pay for this stuff. Right, right. How many of you paid the price before? You know what I'm talking about. How many of you got a little monthly student loan to pay? I mean, anyway, okay. So let's talk about what God cares about today. What does God care about? Here's the first thing. God cares about who before do. Watch this. Let's rewind back to 16 years old, okay? For some of you, that's like a few minutes ago. For others of us, it's a while back, okay? What am I going to do with my life? I used to hate the holidays because we would go together with all of our families and and, and these different family members, whenever I was a teenager, would ask me these kinds of questions. What are you going to do after school? Nothing. It's <laughs> like not study. You know what I'm saying? Like going hunting. You know, those kind of going fishing. Like those are the things that you think about now like no no, what you gonna do with your life after school? And I hated it because I never felt like I had a really good answer. And so I would tell them, I don't know. And as soon as I would tell them, I don't know, that's where the lecture began. That's where they would begin to tell me what they thought I should do. And it was quite overwhelming because I had a big family And in the course of like two or three hours of a Thanksgiving lunch. I've gotten like six or seven different ideas of what I could do with my life. And I was just going crazy. Like, seriously, all I can think is, man, Christmas is like a month away. I'm not coming back to this. Like, this is too much, str- it's the holidays, give me turkey, let me watch football, and let's move on with life, and you want to have serious life conversations? I remember when Cynthia and I got married, we're, we're at the reception for our wedding, and do you know the number one question everybody was asking? They weren't asking, where, where are y'all going on the honeymoon? They said, so when are y'all going to have kids? Are you serious? Like, we hadn't even paid our first note on the house yet, like, you know, are you with me? And they want to know when you're going to have kids. I don't know. I don't know we're going to. I'm trying to figure out where we're going to eat tonight. Like, those are the real things. But there's always this, the, the question of what are you going to do next? And, and so what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But God cares about who before do. See, God is foremost concerned with who you are becoming than what you're doing with your life because your character is what sustains you to get to your dream That's right. this is so big because if you are just a character you dream all you want we could put together a bunch of cool Disney movies but that doesn't mean you're going to live it out you ever notice in those shows they, they show the fairy tale and then the movie's over start from that point and show us what happens after that you know like they don't show you that. No, no, that stuff doesn't make money, but I get it. But it doesn't show you, but that's the questions that we have. Like, how do you live happily ever after? Am I right? I don't know. I feel like some of you are like, you're ruining my childhood life. <laughs> so watch this. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, it says, God's will is for me, it's for you to be holy. God's will is for us to be holy. Say Holy say holy moly now let's break it down this is what the word holy means it means to be set apart it means to be different from the world let's just sum it up like this God wants us to become like Jesus now does that mean I'm going to the beach next weekend and I'm gonna go try to walk on water I'm probably gonna try it may not work but I got to give you every every year annually at the beach we give it a try why not am I right that's not what it means, but what it means is how I'm living my life. The spirit, the heart, and, and, and my outlook, my perspective, my character, how I'm living my life should look a lot more like Jesus every year. Am I right? And sometimes we're so concerned with what we're going to do, and watch this. We shape our behavior around our opportunities rather than allowing God to shape our character. Because watch this, a lot of times we're not getting opportunities because of our character. I didn't know it was going to get that quiet. So we wait for the right opportunity to come, and then we try to transform. You remember Superman? Clark Kent was the normal guy with the glasses, and when trouble would come, he would jump into the phone booth and have to change into a suit, and there was always what? Panic. And this is the reality how we're living our lives most of the time. From one opportunity to another, i got to transform into this and i got to turn into this. Instead of daily allowing God to build us and shape us into the people that he really, really wants us to be, I believe we would have a lot more confidence. I believe we will have a lot more faith. Come on, somebody. I believe we will have a lot more understanding, a lot more patience to handle opportunities we may have not otherwise went for. Am I right? That's why the who before do is so important because you wouldn't even do some of the things that God has planned for you because you may not have the character to lead you into it. So God is like, let's work on the character. Let's make you holy. So watch this. The Bible doesn't specifically, let's hear this, doesn't specifically talk about God's will for your career. Like you're not going to read in there and say, let's say the Lord, I should work for the state. It's just not in there. And it would be great if it would. Am I right? Imagine reading just like popping the Bible open to the book of Psalms and there it is. There's my answer. I should read the Bible more often. It would be amazing. Oh, that's who I'm going to marry. That's awesome. But he doesn't spell it out like that. Why? Because we say it like this. It's a grow as you go kind of life. God is growing you into who he wants you to be. And he's growing you into the plans that he has for your life. Why? Because he wants you to last. He wants you to make it. Think of this. There's a lot of people that go for it and they go big and they don't last long. They burn out. They get tired. They quit. They throw in the towel. But at one point they said that was God's will for my life. Think about it. That was God's will. I believe it. God answered my prayers. Three weeks into the new job. I don't know if I heard from God. This is harder than I thought. My boss is hard on me. He expects me to get all my work done. (laughs) So God doesn't tell you specifically all this stuff in the Bible about your career. Who you're going to marry. But it does talk about becoming like Jesus. And it talks about it quite a bit. And I think more important than asking what God wants us to do. I think we need to start asking, God, who do you want me to become? God, what kind of person do you want me to be? A lot of times we're looking outward to look at others to emulate. If I could be like that mom. If I could be like that guy, if I could be like this person, if I could look like her, if I could talk like him, if I had their confidence, if I had their gift set, if I had all these different things, then I could be better. And God's like, I've got a whole mix of ingredients right here for your life. And all we got to do is apply a little heat and do a little stirring. And when we put it all together in proper order, we're going to cook up something that is amazing. Are you grabbing this today? But we don't like heat. We don't like stirring. We don't like shaking. We don't like any of those things. We like buying it pre made. So don't have to worry about it. Just doesn't taste as good because there's not as much love involved in it. Don't you just love a really, really good home cooked meal? somebody who's cooking it that's just putting the love in it what's the secret ingredient it's grandma she's the secret ingredient she's putting that something in there that we don't know what it is it's probably about eight sticks of butter but who cares it's good it took a little while this wasn't a 30-minute meal rachel ray get off of the tv let grandma come cook for us Am I right? Let me talk about all day, eight-hour meal, and you get there and you eat it, and it's just like, and it sticks with you for the next eight hours, and you're like, I don't want to eat again unless Grandma is cooking. There's a price. So this is where someone would say, well, Pastor Wade, would you say it's God's will for you to be a pastor then? And I would say, yeah, it is. But that's secondary. Secondary to being in right standing with God in fact watch this if I'm not in right standing with God even though it is God's will and God's calling on my life to pastor a church I don't get to do it called qualified got different people who would confirm it but if my character isn't right you ain't here today let me make the newspaper I had a dream the other night. I'm going to tell this. This is crazy. I had a dream that I got attacked. I told the guys this yesterday. I, got a dream. I had a dream I got attacked at the movie theater. We went and see Avengers the other night. Great movie, okay? Anyway. So and I'm not going to tell you what happens unless you ask. Okay, so we were at the movies, and I had this dream that someone attacked me in the parking lot. And I had to fight the guy because I had my boys with me. I know you don't always think of me that way, but I could throw down, okay? And so... I. This guy wasn't letting go, and so I took my keys and I, I, I stabbed him. I know this is such a terrible story, but think of this. That's not good press for the church. Now, some of you are like, "That's my pastor right there, give it up for the like, man." Others of you are like, "Can we stop the violence? <laughs> what are you watching?" I know trying to get you involved in the sermon okay so watch this do you know I mean I could I could I could literally become the best pastor in this city but if I'm verbally abusive to my wife I'm not in God's will even though I'm answering the call of God think of that I mean I could I could have all the accolades under the sun be exactly smack dab in the middle of everything that God has for me but if I'm not living the life, I am not in God's will. So if you're in a big decision today, do I marry this person or do I wait? Be faithful to Jesus. See, this is good. This is solid answers. This is, this is grandma's home-cooked meal answers. This isn't like, like hungry man microwave dinner. This is like grandma cooking If you're in that big decision whether you stay at this job or not, and you don't know what to do, we're going to be faithful to Jesus. If if you don't know if you should buy the house or not, we're going to be faithful to Jesus. That's not indecision. That's the best decision. That's what that is. Because if you're faithful to Jesus and you're getting closer, He may tell you something. Come on, He may tell you something. Let me flip it. If any of it. Keeps you from being faithful to Jesus. It isn't God's will for you. If it's a God that you've been waiting all your life for. But he pulls you away from Jesus. I will stand with your mama and your daddy and tell you that ain't God. Come on. (laughs) If it's a job, hold on, hold on before you get too excited and mess with the single people. If it's a job, if it's a job, and it's making 10 grand more a month, and you move to a new city, and it pulls you away from Jesus, it is not God's will. If it's a boat that you're buying, and you couldn't wait to get it, but it takes you out of church, takes you out of small group, I'll tell you, it ain't God's will. All right, let's keep going, let's keep going. That was strong. God's will is more about who you are than what you do. It's more about who you are than what you do. Because what you do may not rank in everybody's eyes. But if you've got godly character, you can be in the lowest positions here on earth and make the biggest impact. Come on, somebody. I'm fired up now. If you're becoming the right who, I believe that you will choose the right do. Do. If you become the right person, you will make the right decisions. Because your decisions is coming out of who you are. And you want to know why we make wrong decisions? Because who we're becoming isn't the right people. Because there's envy, there's jealousy. There's all these different things that have filtered into our lives. And it's fueling our decisions. We're looking for acceptance, trying to find our way to acceptance, thinking that if I had this job working with this person, it would meet all my needs. It cannot meet all your needs. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. So I want to read this verse to you again out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And I want to read it into, in, the, in the Amplified Bible. I love the Amplified Bible. It, just, it sounds loud, okay? And, and really what it does is it takes it and breaks it down and gives you some meanings, okay? Matthew 6, 33 is one of the most popular verses ever. But I need you to hear it because you're going to, to seek first. King God is righteous all these things be added unto you? Amen. That's how we hear it now. Watch this, though. This is so powerful. It says, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom, and watch this, and his righteousness. And when we're talking about his righteousness, we're talking about his right ways of living. I'm seeking the kingdom. In other words, God is the priority of my life, and his righteousness is equally as important. That means living right is as equal as saying God is first. A lot of people say God is first, but live like he ain't nowhere around. Okay? So God is first, and I'm living right. I'm living according to his ways, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Watch this. The attitude and character of God. Man, it's just strong. And then it just says, oh, yeah, and all these things will be given to you also. We read the verse and it's like, how do I get all the things? Tell me how to get all the things. How to live the big life. How to live the big career. How to make the mega millions. And he says, it's all about how you live. You ever seen those shows where they show what these people do that have the millions? And it's crazy, man. Because you thought it was going to be amazing. And you read the stories. and you I mean, listen, when they start doing dateline specials on you, it's a bad day. I'm just going to say, if you make 2020, it's not good. <laughs> and they start covering these people, and it's like, man, you would thought they, had, they would have everything they ever needed. How can you mess that up? Because you've got to get the who right before you get to the do. And I'm afraid that we're more focused on doing than we are on becoming. And I feel like we're raising our kids like that because we get accolades for doing. Think of this. But I think we get heaven for being. Think of that. What kind of man you want to be? I want to be God's man. What kind of woman do you want to be? You want to be God's kind of woman. What kind of son or daughter do you want to, I want to be? I want to be God's son. I want to be God's daughter. So it's Who? Before dude, that's your character. Here's the second one. This is what God's concerned about. He's concerned about why, before what? Why, before what? How many of you were ever told this? Find something you love to do and figure out a way to get paid to do it. How many of y'all heard that before? Now, how many of you feel like, I don't know about that? <laughs> I've tried it. I found things I've loved to do and uh, tried to get paid for it and people didn't pay me maybe I need a better collection system I don't know (laughs) sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do in order to do the things you do want to do I sound like a grandparent right now you know what I'm saying on the back porch with sweet tea (laughs) you have to do the things you don't want to do but I think more importantly than just doing the things you don't want to do I think you got to figure out some why why do we want to do those things Why do we want to be successful? Why do we want all of those things? And i found that we typically have a couple of reasons why we do things. Here's the first reason. It sounds good. It sounds good. Let's do it. And then there's the real reason. Those are the two reasons. It sounds good, and then the other reason is the real reason. Proverbs 16, verse 2 says, You may think everything you do is right, But the Lord judges your motives. The Lord judges our motives. I know, when you hear that, it's like, you're talking about God being judgmental. You're making God sound angry, and people need to know that God loves them. God does love them. But we were all taught to use good judgment. Am I right? And I believe God uses good judgment when it comes to our lives. He's not just fair, because fair is looking at some of the bad, look at some of the good, and finding the middle ground. God is just. And when it says he's just, it means he always does what's right. Meaning this, he will always do what's right for you. Now, we don't always do what's right for him. But he will always do what's right for you, because he is just. So when it says the Lord judges your motives, what he's doing is he's really trying to help you to evaluate, am I doing the right thing? And that's why sometimes we have a little bit of turmoil in our lives when we're going down the wrong road. And really, it's just God trying to say, get back on the right path. Sometimes we have some disagreements with people about some things that we're doing. And we just think all the world is against us. You don't believe me? Find a 13-year-old girl who's trying to date a 16-year-old guy. And she would just say, nobody loves me. Nobody supports me. Nobody cares about me. we like, honey, we do love you. You just ain't going to date the 16-year-old. Am I right? I mean, that's just good wisdom. And you say, but Yeah, but you don't know the boy you're judging. No, that's just not a good idea. I'm not judging the kid. I'm just using good judgment. Am I right? And so God knows how to use good judgment with our lives to help us to do the right things, but also to do them for the right reason. So watch this. You can't get to the right decision when you start with the wrong motives. When you're starting out with the wrong motives, we're not going to make the right decisions. Watch this. For the person that just wants to get married so that they won't be lonely. And some of you laughed just now when I said that. But it's a serious matter because you may just marry anybody and not even think of the ramifications of compatibility. You know what I'm saying? Not even think of the fact that I don't think that we go well together and it's like two weeks in and you're like fighting. Like, really throwing down. And you can't understand because all you ever wanted was just to be married. But you didn't realize that you needed a little bit more why than just, I don't wanna be alone. Are you hearing this today? Same thing with having children. A lot of times, I just want a baby. I just want a baby. Why do you want a baby? Like And, and I, this is such real stuff that we don't like talking about because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But there are people that just did it because they always wanted it. And then afterwards, they're saying things like, I don't know if I was ready for this. Well, you got little Johnny. And you better get ready because he's going to need a bottle in a few minutes. This is the real stuff. A lot of people, they they go to school for different things because, watch this, they heard that it made a lot of money. And so they just run the course, finish school. they one week into their first job, and they're like, I cannot believe that I'm doing this. This is not the field that I really, really wanted to go into. But my grandpa did it, my dad did it, and they made me feel like I had to do it, and I just want everybody to be happy, and now that I'm doing it, I don't really like it. Stuck. And still paying for school. This is the real stuff, y'all. This is where people are. And so, what, what I think happens is because of those different things, it puts us in a place of being super duper careful with our decisions from now on. And then we start introducing new words like boundaries. You know what I'm saying? And that's a great word. But when you start building a wall around yourself to keep you from stepping out in faith and ever doing something again, you have just put yourself in a place of no decision, which is a bad decision. And now your why is all polluted because now your why is so I don't mess up. When God has put something in you that is motivating you to do something big for him. Amen. amen. To do something that's going to have some impact on some people's lives. We won't do the right what if we're driven by the wrong why. And most of the time, our motive, watch this, is to impress others. Most of the time, the motive is to impress other people. And Jesus warned us, watch this, he warns about practicing acts to be seen by people. And what did he say? He said, if you do it for people, you lose your reward. We lose our reward because we're so caught up with people that we forget about him he is the rewarder of those who what diligently seek him and when we quit looking for him we lose the reward because when we quit looking at him we're looking at people we want to impress them why because we're wanting acceptance wanting approval come on these are things that we find in him See, this is where it gets real. And this is why I wanted to talk about this because it's very easy just to go on life and everybody pray Pray for me. I'm struggling on my job. Why? I don't know. I just, I got to do it though because if we're going to pay for this house and keep the kids in daycare, we just got to do this. And I don't really have much of a reason for living other than just making sure the kids are happy. You were meant to live for so much more than that, amen? God's got plans for your life. And if anything, in this series, if, all, if we can just peel back the layer a little bit so you can see the possibility of what God could do, if you drew close, it would blow your mind. In fact, you would go to work with a different, I mean, you would move differently. You would think differently. And that's my hopes through this series, to help you to see the possibilities, amen? So watch this, Galatians 1 verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still, watch this, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I can't serve Christ when I'm trying to please people. I strong. We live in a culture of impressions. Like me. Discover me. Validate me. Come on. Envy me. But the culture of the kingdom of God isn't impressions, it's pleasing God, is living for His glory. So let's, let's bring it down. Let's talk about some real practical decisions. Should I buy that car? Well, why? Because I need transportation. That's a good reason to buy a vehicle, am I right? But if it's to impress people, that's not a good reason. Because you sooner or later, that car is not going to be impressive anymore. So watch how this works. That can feed a cycle in your life of debt. Trying to please people that you don't even like. And you keep paying to try to make them look at you differently. By paying for these things that you think you got to have to impress them. That's why motives are so important. Here's another one. Should I post this picture? Summertime's coming. Let's knock on this door a little bit here. Should I post this picture? Why? Well, is it going to be honoring to Christ? Or is it going to draw attention to myself? This is real. Should I buy the flowers for my wife? It's a good decision, am I right? Is it because you love her or because you got something in mind for after a while? Wow. I vision this going so much better than what it's going. <laughs> Colossians 3 verse 17 says it like this. And whatever you do or say, say whatever, whatever, whatever Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Whatever it is that you do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. So when I'm trying to figure out all these big decisions in my life, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, is it setting me up to be a good representative of him? And if it is? Go for it. But if it compromises me as a representative, it's a big no. Am I helping anybody today? If it's, if it's putting me in a position to compromise me representing him, it's a big no. Do it as a representative. So watch this. Here's a good filter for some decisions. Can I be a good representative of the Lord Jesus if I do this? Can I represent him well by doing this? So let's, let's bring it to a career. If you choose a career where every day you're dropping bombs, and I'm talking about word bombs, and you're just losing your mind going crazy, angry every single day, you got some things to work on. Can I hear an amen? Come on. It's a week after Easter. We got to preach some good stuff, all right? Come on. If you're dropping bombs all the time, you got some things to work on. So either A, work on your stress, or B, find a new job. Because you're not representing Jesus well. Because when you come home, you're still not finished. Because now you're going to start talking about all this stuff with everybody and lose your mind and say things to your family you never meant to say. Some changes got to take place. See what I'm saying? Like, oh, I feel really good about where we are in life. But we are going crazy with our character. You're not in a good place. You may be financially stable, but you as a person, you're one crazy moment away. You're one crazy moment away. If I have to compromise who I am and who God wants me to be, which is holy, in order to do this, it isn't God's will. So let's bring it back. Wherever you're at in this life, serve Jesus there today. Thinking about the future, that's great. Pray about the future, that's great. Researching your future, that's great. Do all of those things, but be faithful today to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Pray about your future. If you're not married, pray about your spouse. If you don't have a job, pray about your job. Pray about those things, amen? But don't forget who you need to be today. Like, it's going to be hard for you to get a job if you don't show up for work all the time. Because the number one thing people are looking for is somebody who shows up. And as a believer, I think it's terrible. Come on, I'm going to preach this. I think it's terrible for us to say, I love Jesus and I go to church and I wear my big Emerge Church shirt. But you're missing work two or three days a week. Can I hear a supervisor say amen? Come on. Always calling in, got drama all over the place. Fix your drama. Be faithful with the opportunities that God gives you. Amen? 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 Amen. Some of y'all are like, dude, what is your problem? Here's one. If your boss is a jerk, serve that jerk with the love of God. Amen? Amen. Serve him with the love of God. Not for him, but for God's glory. Amen? I'm doing it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. He drives me crazy. But I'm going to serve him anyway. Not because he's good, but because God is good. See, that's character. That's character. That's, I believe that's the kind of character that God blesses. Watch this. That's the kind of person that God, bless, that God can trust with blessings. God, why did you bless me with that? Because you knew how to handle somebody else's crazy. And because you knew how to handle their crazy, I figured you can handle the crazy blessings. Think of this. There's a lot of people that have dreams and even things that God spoke to them for their future that they never got to do. Never got to do. And most of it is because of who they are. It's not because somebody else had the opportunities. It's because who we are. It was that fear that we never conquered. Think of that. It was a fear that I, I just couldn't, I couldn't conquer it. So I, I didn't go to the interview. I, I just don't like that one-on-one confrontation thing. I just, I don't, I don't do well with lots of people. But that was a great company to work. I just can't work in a company that big. But yet you get your own office. <laughs> With a window that you could close the door. Like these are things that keep us from, watch this. I just couldn't take that opportunity because we have kids. I mean, I already said a lot of stuff. Might as well go ahead and say this one. Can't do that because we have kids. Don't use your kids as an excuse because later on you'll excuse your kids from doing great opportunities. I remember when we were starting the church, one of the things that we wanted to be mindful of is what we were going to do with our kids as we did it. I don't want my kids to become the PK. And listen, if you hard on my kids because they're a preacher's kid, you're a bad person. Don't tell my kids they got to live a certain way because their daddy's the preacher. they got to live a certain way because Jesus is their Lord. Amen? Just seriously. Let's not do that to any more kids. There's a lot of preacher's kids out there messed up because other people were hard on them. Listen, don't be hard on my kids. But I remember when we were starting the church, was trying to figure out how you do this with kids. And one day we had the bright idea. You know what our idea was? Just do it with our kids. Just bring them along. They're going to hate the church. Not if we do it and enjoy it. They're going to be so tired of going to those e-groups. No, no they won't. Not if we enjoy it. So we did it with our kids. And look, I still got a few years to go under my belt, but I feel like my kids like Jesus and they love love the church. You know what I'm saying? They do. Don't mess that up for us, all right? (laughs) What am I trying to say? We just did it with them. Because this is what God gave us. And I can't say, well, because we got kids, we can't answer the call of God. No. Because they're all in on it. My sons are serving in the church now. All over the place. And now they're trying to figure out what God's calling them to do. Where they're going to go with their life. And I believe we got a pretty good setup to help them to get there. Amen. Amen? We didn't say we want to shield you from it because it's extra. No. We want to introduce you to it because this is the life that we live. This is who we are. Amen. We're serving Jesus. We don't stay home because we got too much homework. And some of you are like, well, education's important. Jesus is important too. Surge is tonight. I'm making, I'm putting a plug in. Surge is tonight. They didn't do their homework yet. They're going to stay up till 10:30 anyway. I'm sur- this is how we live. You're going to surge. You gonna let me skip homework to go? Yeah. All right. Let's go. And get home, eat your food, and go do your homework. What are we doing? We're building our lives on the things that matter to us. That's what we're doing, and we're setting ourselves up for where God's wanting to take us instead of excusing and excluding and saying we can't, we won't, we won't. Listen, we've got to create a go-for-it mindset because God's got great plans for us, and we're just sitting there waiting for it to just, like, come roll our way. It's time to go for it you get anything out of today it's time to go for it and where do i start i start i'm becoming the man the woman that god wants me to be because it's who before do and it's why before what i've got to get me right i got to get my motive straight because we are about to do something for jesus amen i'm gonna live a life of purpose i'm gonna live a life of meaning i'm not just living in the grind i'm not just gonna to go to work and come home and say bless the lord oh my soul we're gonna do something significant for the lord amen Amen. We're going to do something significant for the Lord that's going to have an impact on my life, on my kids' life, on other people's lives. And if it means that we're preachers, great. If it means that we just work a regular job, even better. Come on, because that's a lot more people to come in contact with. Are you grabbing this today? If you become the right who, guess what? Witnessing is easy. When you become the right who, inviting them to church, it's not hard. Because you don't have to go do your own background check to see if you're good enough to ask them to come clean up my act before I ask them. i got to be good for the next two weeks. Don't use any bad words. Come on now. So watch this. Let's wrap up. Pleasing God isn't a few big decisions. It's countless daily decisions to follow Jesus. I want to finish with a story this morning. A lot of influential people in my life. Some great men um, in my life. My dad who was a great influence on me. My grandpa um, just these guys were big-time influences. And I had the privilege of having some, some great pastors, Pastor Scott Bledsoe and Pastor Greg Jones. But uh, there's this one guy that was a big influence in my life, and, you know, he never started a church. He was one of the biggest influences in my life, never started a church. And he was, he was just a businessman that uh, taught Sunday school in the church. And uh, he loved to pray. He loved to go on mission trips. And he was one of those guys that would just serve in whatever capacity that was needed. He wasn't a specialist. He was a servant. And uh, he was a generous man and believed in tithing, believed in giving offerings. And he was wealthy, and you would never know it. He was really wealthy, and you would never know it if you met him. You would think, who is this guy? And he loved sharing God's words with people. He loved taking a verse of scripture and just coming to you and encouraging you with that verse. He loved it. And every time I talked to this man, this was the words that came out of his mouth every single time. Hey, hey, wait, what can I do for you? What, what, What do you need me to do for you? I was just a youth pastor at this time. And this, is a, this is a grown man. You know what I'm saying? He's got kids in the youth group, and he's coming up to me all the time. Hey, man, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? I never forgot that. So When I think of this man, I immediately think, what can I do for you? His name was Randy Hart. And watch this. Who he is helped shape who I am because I was always intrigued Hey, man, what can I do for you? And if you told him, he would do it. Like he would really go and do it consistently. I'd get text messages. Hey, man, what you doing today? Going to work. Need me to do anything for you? <laughs> no, I'm good. Let me know. Over and over. just And you know what I told me? This guy's a servant. He just wants to serve. And I thought, what better way to live your life than from that perspective? What can I do for you? Lord, what can I do for you? What can I do for, for people? Go in that second mile. This just, when you think of a person like that, you think, man, that's a person of good character. That's traits that I want my children to have. That's the kind of man that I want to be. But I need you to know it's not all of his accomplishments that inspired me. Even though he's wealthy, even though he's got a great business, even though he's given hundreds of thousands of dollars to missions, that's not the stuff. It's the what can I do for you? That just really touched my life, touched my heart. At the end of my life, this is what I realized. It's really not gonna matter that I pastored emerged church. You know what's gonna matter though? the everyday decisions to do the right things to love my wife to love my kids to point them to Jesus and help them to live the the life that God promised them that's going to be the stuff that really really matters it's going to be that guy was a servant of Jesus that guy was a representative of Jesus that's the stuff that carries on from generation to generation to generation. And today, I hope as you're hearing this message, that a little bit of pressure is taken off of you right now to try to figure out all the grand picture of all these things that's possible that you may accomplish, that you may do so that you can map it all out, set all your hashtag goals and all that stuff. But you're sitting there today and say, you know what, the best starting point for me, the best starting point in my life is making sure that my relationship with Jesus is solid. Making sure that I am living a life that is faithful to Jesus because at the end of the day, at the end of time, all the other stuff fades away. And when he looks at me, he's gonna say, well done, now good and faithful, what? Servant. Serving is not what you do, it's who you are. It comes out of who you are. If you become the right who, God will help you choose the right do. And if you're driven by the right why, God will lead you to the right what? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, hearing this message, you've been trying to figure out your future you realize today man I need to make sure that I'm building my life on the solid rock of Jesus instead of all the exciting activities that's like the sand of the seas because the winds have blown I'm not telling you don't dream I'm just saying have a good place to dream from dream from the relationship with God and I believe your dreams will be legit I believe you'll put the work in it and I believe you'll see it. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need you to pray with me because I'm not where I need to be with Jesus today. Maybe you've been trying to build a future, trying to build a life, but there's been struggles and perhaps today you realize, man, I need to get my life right with the Lord. If that's you, real quick, would you just slip up a hand and say, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus today. Can you pray for me? Anyone else? There's a few hands that are going up. Maybe you're a mom. You're trying to lay out life for your family. You're struggling. Come on, maybe you're that dad in here or that husband. Maybe there's marriage issues. Maybe there's stuff going on. You realize, man, we don't have a future if I don't get right. Anyone else today? You're not the only one. There are several hands that have been raised. I want you all to repeat this prayer after me this morning. Say, dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you that you see the possibilities for who I can be. Even though I have sinned chosen to do wrong things. And I ask you today to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life and give me a fresh start today. But today I make the choice to live my life your way. I want to be faithful. I want to be a servant. I want to follow you. I want to live according to your way. So I ask you to help me to change, to be the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, this is a new start for you, it's a new beginning. And maybe things in the